Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And I'm Jay Harvey. Happy New Year, Jay. Happy New Year, Jim. You know what? We're a couple weeks into the new year, and are you longing for your Christmas tree, or is it over? It's pretty much over at this point. Uh, we're on to Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day. Don't forget <laughs> Martin Luther King Day's coming up, too. I mean, there's so much in the new year to look for, and uh, that's the beauty of a new year, isn't it? That we, we tend to look forward. Christmas is over. There are new holidays. Kids are off school, usually for Martin Luther King Day. There's a three-day weekend. Then we've got that Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, and don't forget Presidents' Day weekend. And That's right. On, before you know it, St. Patrick's Day will be here, and then it's going to be Easter, and, well, life marches on. Life marches on. And don't forget Boxing Day in Canada is somewhere in there. I'm not <laughs> no, sure where. Sorry. It's going to fall after the next Christmas. It's oh, okay, the day after. Sorry. But, sorry. hey, something to look forward to. Christmas is coming back. <laughs> but as we look at the new year, sometimes we're putting up a front. We We want to be excited about the holidays coming up in the new year, but we'll celebrate them, but maybe with a half-life, because we're carrying baggage into the new year. We're carrying some suitcases of unfortunate stuff from last year into this new year, and it's going to weigh us down. I'm going to guess some of us are even carrying baggage from five years ago or maybe 10 years ago. And how does that translate? Well, I may not be able to really get into Valentine's Day this year because I'm haunted by the way I treated my wife last year or maybe 10 years ago or my girlfriend or whatever the scenario might be. I may not be able to really approach Christmas again in 2016 as I did last year because, well, it reminds me of the way in which I haven't lived up to my brightest and best, how I've been self-preoccupied or the things I've done. I mean, life is filled with regrets. And as we look at this new year, Jay, we want to start a new series here at Viewpoint, and that has to do with starting over. We've dubbed it New Clothes because I think we all sometimes just like a fresh start. We get that new shirt, get that new sweater, that new jacket, whatever it is that's new. You just feel like I can walk out of my house and I've just got a little more buzz. Well, that's on the outside. We want to give you some new clothes inside. And uh, this week, Jay, we're going to start this new series, and we're going to dive into some biblical narratives that drive home the point unmistakably that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, our God has some new clothes for you to wear. We're talking about the new year. We're talking about the way in which we need some new clothes. And I'm not necessarily talking about a fashion statement at the store, but in our hearts, we sometimes need to be dressed differently. We need to throw away some old rags that are soiled and stained and get some fresh new duds. And, and, and those things cannot be manufactured by us. They are gifts to us. They are undeserved and they can't be purchased by us, even though there is a cost that has been required for us to wear them. Those new clothes are about starting over and being fresh. And God has new clothes for us to wear this year if we're willing to allow him to dress us differently. Jay, as we think about the whole span of scripture, this great history that gives us insight for life today, even though the book is old, that Bible, Mm. it's still about human life. And some things in life never change in the sense that human predicaments and human temptations and human victories and failures and all of that are the same generation to generation. As you think about the Bible, can you think of some people who, boy, really messed up, but then the Lord gave them some new clothes, so to speak? Well, there's so many to choose from. But you know what? I do think of Peter first because there's not many people in the Bible where you can read passages that have Peter proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah and getting 
Jesus to say, you know, yes, this is great. Blessed are you. Uh, this has been revealed to you. And in the next sentence, Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan, to that same <laughs> Peter who was trying to prevent him from going to the cross. And, and Peter's life represents a boldness that often produces regrets. And I'm sure that there are times that he wanted to make up for those. And I think we can all identify with that a little bit. He seems to be especially kind of a whiplash in his relationships. You know, he was, was all for it, and then he was suddenly jerked back. Right. And, and you've just given us an illustration of that. Peter was one of the most dynamic, exciting, courageous guys ever to walk across the page of Scripture. Mm -hmm. And he had the opportunity to actually walk with Jesus in the flesh in a way that most of us will miss. Mm -hmm. I mean, he lived in an age when the very person of God came into this world in the flesh, the Word of God, the ideas of God, the person of God brought to life in the frame, the physical frame of Jesus Christ born in Bethlehem. The Scripture says that Jesus is the exact representation of God in human form. And as he is God, Jesus himself, Peter walked with him. And so imagine this classroom, this schoolroom of life. How could you mess up in a class like that? And yet he did. Mm. Which brings us perhaps to the ultimate test of Peter's whiplash nature. <laughs> it's a story just as Jesus is being apprehended and taken away to his death. It's told in all four of the Gospels, but I'm going to read it from Luke. And as I read the story about Peter, it sounds so over the top, but honestly, I identify with it so much, and maybe you will too. As we approach the text, know this. Peter is in a courtyard. Jesus has been taken into a trial before the high priest. He's being spat upon. He's being humiliated. Peter's waiting in the wings. He wants to see what's going to happen next, but he's terrified, and that leads him into a desperate failure. This is the word of God. It's Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 56. A servant girl noticed Peter in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I do not even know him. After a while, someone else looked at Peter and said, you must be one of them. No man, I'm not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them also because he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord Jesus himself turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Ouch. The setup to the story includes a dinner, the famous Last Supper. It's where... Peter had professed his allegiance undying to Jesus. Whatever happens, Jesus, I'll be right with you. And Jesus forecast accurately, as he always does, that Peter would deny him three times before the day breaks, before the rooster crows, heralding the dawn of a new day. You will deny me three times for all of your bluster and all of your good intentions. You're going to be weak and you're going to break under the pressure. That's essentially what Jesus said. I'm going to guess when Peter heard it, he was quite offended. Mm. But in the end, within 24 hours, it had come to pass. What a mess up. When we come back, let's talk about how Peter's journey is ours too. Wish it could be easy. Why is life so messy? Why is pain a part of us? There are days I feel like nothing ever goes right. Sometimes it just hurts so much. But you're here 
None of us has lived in a way that is perfect. We've all made promises we did not keep. We've misrepresented the truth and sometimes told a bald-faced lie. We have protected ourselves at the expense of others. We have sometimes, because of our fears and insecurities, made very poor choices and caused others grief. That's the story of Peter that we've just read in Luke 22. And while most of us will not be in the courtyard of the high priest in a literal way, I'm thinking about times in my own life where I have betrayed something I promised to uphold. And some other people I've met along life's road have done the same. I mean, how many marriages have ended after a lifetime promise was made? How many times have we said we'll be somewhere and then didn't show up? How many times did we say we would never do that and we did it anyway? I mean, that is the stuff of human life and experience. Jay is sitting across from me. He's nodding his head. I'm not going to ask for a personal witness of your own failure, Jay, but could you also agree that all of us carry the guilt and shame from that? You can't escape it. When you represent yourself as being one thing and then you're not that, you can't help but just have something inside that caves in and you just feel like, I'm a mess up and I don't deserve anything good. Absolutely, Jim. And and I think as I sat here and I was nodding, it was I wasn't really enjoying that long list of things that you were uh, talking about because I can identify with so many of them. I I get up as in the morning sometimes and I say, today I'm going to be uh, what it is that I know God wants me to be. And before you know it, I'm in line somewhere or I'm at the store or I encounter someone who rubs me the wrong way. And I don't get a look from Jesus, but what I get is a scenario that's revealed that I think the Holy Spirit informs me that, remember what you said this morning, now here's the opportunity and it's past, and you didn't live up to what you said you were going to do. And, and in a way, that revelation just drives me back to the feet of Christ and, and to say, you know what, I can't do this without you, and I'm so thankful for His forgiveness and mercies and, and, and the road ahead that He wants to lead us to. So I think we do beat ourselves up. I think we, we try our best, which is encouraging in a way because we want to be the best we can for Jesus. But I think at the end of the day, we just have to realize, Jesus, please, take the lead, make me new, put something new in me that will help me just live the lifestyle that I won't have to make lists every day. It will just become evident. I think we're prone as we wrestle with those failures to first get defensive, again, on the outside. And so even as you've listened to us talk just for a minute here about some of the ways in which we fail, you might think, well, but wait a minute, you don't understand how my marriage unraveled. You don't understand the cause of why I didn't show up at the party when I said I'd go there and so on and so forth. And Friends, know this, we're not making any judgments because we all are there. This is everyone's story. Everybody has a story, and there are all kinds of circumstances that lead us into moments of failure. And I think all of us can understand Peter's fear. How terrifying. Mm. All the powers of this world, all the material, political, and physical prowess of the Roman Empire and the Jewish establishment being brought to bear, Peter feared for his own life. We can certainly understand all of us would likely have caved in the same way. Mm. No judgment here. But you can never get past the shame by being defensive. All we have to do is just say, man, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't been so weak. I, I just acknowledge that I am not what I should have been. Jim, when you said that, something really resonated in me, and that is if we can just get to the point where we understand these things may happen, and just to be able to say, I wish I hadn't done that, or 
Lord, I'm so sorry. Help me. Instead of getting defensive, I believe the enemy's greatest trick is to convince us that we have to somehow go back in time and make up for those mistakes so that we can get back on even footing with God. And that's just not the truth. The truth is Jesus has made a way for us to go forward with new clothes. And I think that the devil tries to imprison us with our shame. And so that shame paralyzes us. And so then we don't reach for the best. You know, if uh, I find a box of C's candy, okay, let me just say it, C's candy, (laughs) C's chocolate, something I grew up with, a one-pound box, I might eat a piece or two, and pretty soon I could eat the whole box. And then I'm so ashamed. But then in my shame, I think, oh, what difference does it make? I'll just eat another box too, because we, you know, once you cross the line, I can never go back and reclaim it. I'll never be able to be on the cover of Men's Health now. I might as well just eat another pound of chocolate. And so we have a tendency to fall even farther backward. That is the devil's business. Mm-hmm. And that could have been Peter's story. But as you've already acknowledged, Jay, the story doesn't end there, because Jesus is in the mix. And when we come back... We're going to see how Peter finds his footing again, not because he's so smart or so courageous, but because Jesus is so good. I don't know where to go from here. It all used to seem so clear. I'm finding I can't do this on my own. I don't know where to go from here. As long as I know that you are near, I'm done fighting. I'm finally letting go I will trust in you You've never failed before I will trust in you If there's a road I should walk Help me
We've just been talking about Peter and his cowardice in denying that he even knew Jesus in Jesus' most desperate hour. And at the end of the day, in Luke chapter 22, as Peter realizes that he has failed miserably, his friend and his Lord, Jesus looks at him. The scripture says he just looks over and sees him. And the poignancy of that stare, no word spoken, just the sad acknowledgement, Peter, you are not the friend you said you would be. You're not the guy who would stand by me as you promised. In that moment, Peter is haunted. Jesus goes to a cross. He's murdered. He dies. He's buried. And then famously on that first day of the week, that first Easter Sunday, he is raised up from the dead. And in the 40 days following, Peter has a chance to meet with the resurrected Christ. The same one he once betrayed and denied has now taken him back into his company. And At the very end of those experiences, as Jesus prepares to return to the right hand of the Father in what we call the Ascension, John writes in his gospel about a very important moment. Every bit as poignant as Peter's failure is his restoration. This is John chapter 21, and they're by a seashore, Peter and Jesus. They're walking and talking, and and Jesus is speaking directly to Peter, and he's going to ask him a question three times in a way that matches the three times that Peter denied Christ. I know you have it open in front of you, Jay. What does it say, John chapter 21, beginning with verse 15? Jim, it says that after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple that Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? It's a very curious passage at some levels, and yet one that's so important for us as we start a new year. Here we have Jesus asking Peter three times, do you love me? Three questions that match the three denials of Peter earlier. And each time... Peter is professing his love. How hard it must have been for Peter to say, you know I love you, haunted by the memory of, well, I can say it out loud, but you know me, Mr. Jesus. (laughs) I may not be tomorrow what I say I am today. Mm. And yet Jesus doesn't falter. He doesn't waver in his confidence in Peter. And he gives Peter a chance. Peter, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to be a shepherd. You know, the word shepherd is the same as pastor. Pastor is the Latin word for shepherd. It's a literal word in the Latin language, shepherd, pastor. 
And so when we use the word pastor in the English language, we're talking about a shepherd. I want you to care for and feed and protect. I want to give you a responsibility, a high calling to take care of my people, my church, my sheep. I mean, it's such a huge investment of responsibility, so much trust on Jesus' part. And what's important for all of us to remember today is no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how deep your fall, Jesus has a plan for you. He wants to employ you to do good. He wants you to bless other people. He has an assignment for you. And don't let the devil tell you you're not up for it. Because if Jesus believes in you, and he does, if you repent of your sin and surrender into following him, he will give you an assignment that will blow your mind. Mm. And that's something for you to consider as this new year dawns. Don't let the opportunity pass you by. And so Jesus sums it all up and says, Peter, just follow me. Oh, but what about all those other people? What about that other (laughs) disciple? We think that he was pointing to John, who was actually the author of this gospel. What about that guy? No, don't worry about him. All you have to know is, Peter, I love you, and I want you to love me, and I want you to love my people. Well, how long is that guy going to... No, no, no. It's not your business how I take care of him. Just follow me. Mm. It's a restoration. Peter, I want you to take off all those old clothes that you've been wearing now. They've been dirty and soiled. There's some grease stains there that no chemical is getting out because it's your shame, it's your guilt Mm. for abandoning me. I want you to take those off right now. And I want to put on your shoulders this really smart new coat. It is so fine, and you look so good in it. And I want you to wear it because you love me, and you can be forgiven by me, and you can be vested by me. Folks, as this new year is beginning, we want you to know that that can be your story too. This is a chance for you to just shed those old garments, that shame, that guilt, that sense you can't do anything right, you're just a perpetual loser, you're never going to be all that you might be, that you've squandered too much opportunity, too many chances, too much water under the bridge, too much milk spilled. Don't. Don't go there. Hear the voice of Jesus saying, do you love me? And then tell Jesus you love him and wait for him to give you your assignment. Surrender to him. Say you're sorry and let him pick you up. He will. You can take a step that way right now by joining us in prayer. Our Father, we're so thankful today that we have a new year. It's a new page upon which to write. Nothing has been written yet in this new year. It's like a field of snow across which no one has yet walked, and yet we have a chance to make a path. And we thank you, Lord, for the chance to walk differently this year than we did last, for the chance to write in our biography differently than we have before. We're thankful that we can go into the new year dressed with fresh new clothes that can give us confidence to know that we can do and be what you have created us to do and be. Thank you for the story of Peter. Thank you for the way which his vulnerability and his failures are so clear, and so are his successes in Christ. May his story be ours. May we also, Lord, love you and follow you as he did. Lord, we surrender now to you. We admit that we have failed. We admit our sin and know there's no way we can make it up. And we know there's no way we can afford to buy the new clothes we need to wear, but that they have been purchased by your son's blood. Clothe us now, fresh and new. In this new year, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to know more about how you can get some new clothes for your soul, give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's one 800 757 8439. 
24 hours a day and seven days a week. We are right by the phone and we are so ready to talk to you. You can also go online, check us out at CBH Viewpoint. That's CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope Viewpoint.org. Read about the ministry there, but also send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, write me a letter. Just address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, go online, or use the post, please let us hear from you this week. Hey, Jay Harvey, we're so glad you're alongside. Thanks for being a part of the Viewpoint team in this new year. Well, I'm honored to be asked, and I'm uh, blessed to be a part of this wonderful team and this wonderful ministry, and blessings to you and your family. And uh, one more time, Happy New Year, Jim. And same right back at you. And to all of those who are listening today, we hope you'll join us again next week as we continue our series on new clothes, fresh starts in this new year. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Happy New Year.